Hey everybody, welcome to a fun edition of Shot Callers, brought to you by the 48 Minutes Network. I know you're not hearing the normal Kyle Brandon voice. Uh, Kyle is traveling for his real job for a few days, so I'm Tim Daniel, filling in this week, of course, with my man, 100 Graham, Ben Brown. Hey, what's going on, everybody? How's everybody going? Producer Tim, how are you, my friend? I'm great. I'm great, man. Uh, really excited to be on the Shot Caller show this week. I think I've been on every show 40 Minutes has put out the last two weeks, so if you are tired of me, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. Yeah, so we have a lot of fun to, stuff to touch on this week as well, but also want to break out and talk about some awesome thing we have coming up here in the 48 Minutes Network. As you know, we have our show At Large Bid, our college basketball show. Uh, we're going to be doing a live show from Braxton Brewery on 7th Street in Covington, Kentucky. Uh, myself, Ryan, and then we're going to be joined by a couple friends of mine, uh, Brad Redford, who is a former Xavier Point guard, current host of the Be Different podcast, and also play-by-play man for the NKU Norse. He's going to be coming out and hanging out with us, and also Adam Baum, who covers Xavier basketball for the Cincinnati Inquirer. The four of us can be hanging out, drinking beer, talking college basketball. So if you're in the area and you want to come out, please do. Uh, we're going to have a lot of fun activities. We're part of the Storm the Court campaign. So Braxton's also running a neat bracket challenge where you can enter online, do your brackets there, and winners get some cool Braxton swag. Mm. So I'm all for free swag. Oh, absolutely. Drop the bag for me. Yes, sir. So Braxton Brewery, Wednesday, March 20th, the day before the first round of the NCAA tournament, 7.30 p.m., Come hang out. We're going to be talking a lot of fun stuff and getting your brackets nice and tight. Yes, sir. All right, so today's show, we have Sixers talk, Celtics talk, uh, Kings talk, and All-Star Game uh, All-Star game Draft recap. Mm. So be sure to tune in. It's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, take it easy, everyone. Enjoy the show. Yes, sir. So, with the trade deadline happening and being as crazy of a couple hours it was there at the end, uh, a lot of teams look different now. Yes, they do. Absolutely. It's a, it's a new look East, as they're saying. It is. Um, so, the Wizards obviously getting Jabari Parker and Bobby Portis, who Bobby Portis missed two games in Washington so far has been crazy. I mean, <laughs> I mean he is – I think one of those helped because one of those was the Bulls. Yeah. Um, but he's actually looked really good. Um, in Washington, he has had a t- couple back-to-back really good games, and actually Jabari Parker hasn't looked too bad either. Like it's, it's almost like they've had a uh, like a resurgence uh, of of getting out of Chicago. And she imagine being, that? Yeah, I know. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, as our resident Chicago Bulls fan, I'm sure you're used to seeing guys leave and just have a abundance of great games, and all of a sudden now they look like all stars. And yeah. You know. Well, I knew Portis was capable of it. Yeah. Um, I've always thought he was really talented. And uh, I hated to see him go, but I understood, especially for Otto Porter. Mm-hmm. We know the Bulls potentially get out their small forward now for the yep. future. Um, you know, like Kyle and I said the other night in our trade deadline recap, a lot of switchability there. Yeah. Um, but also, here's an interesting Bobby Portis stat from okay. this week. So his last game with the Bulls, he had a 30-point game. Okay. His first game with the Wizards, he had a 30-point game. He's the first player in NBA history to have 30-point games with two different teams back-to-back. Wow. Yeah. That is interesting. Yeah. You go, Bobby Portis. Knock it down. Right. And, yeah. like, you also always look like you're crazy. Like, you've never once had a picture where you didn't look insane. Yeah. He's got that kind of, like, Ron Artest feel. Like, mm-hmm. you just never know what he what you're going to get. You know how when you used to watch um, 
Ron Artest, like when he, you know, if he bumped somebody or or somebody bumped him, like he gave you that look, like, oh man, he is about to start something crazy. Yeah, it's almost like a Doug Christie. Like Doug Christie always felt that way to me too. Like, <laughs> like you know, like you just never knew what quite he was gonna like what he was gonna do um, if you bumped him weird. Like Bobby Portis has that feel. Yeah, he he definitely does. Um, and like I said, Parker's been decent. Otto Porter's been okay for the Bulls. He looks natural in that jersey. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll take it. You know, and um, that 22 wearing him, so they went from Payne to Porter. So, you know, that's an upgrade in, the, yeah. in that jersey number. But that's enough of that conversation already. <laughs> You're done with it. Done. He's done with it. That's it. That's, done. A, that's a wrap for that. No done. more Bulls talk. He's done. Yeah. Um, <laughs> one of the teams I definitely wanted to bring up, obviously, deserved. You know, they were the true, like, home run hitters of the trade deadline. The Philadelphia 76ers. Yes, sir. So we got our first glimpse of this team on Friday. Um, we're actually recording this today before the Lakers game at 3 o'clock. Mm-hmm. Um, but, dude, you know, it looked awesome. Um, with Butler, with Embiid, with Tobias Harris, J.J. Redick, and Ben Simmons. Mm-hmm. Um, in the first game, I also have the one that benefited the most from that is J.J. Redick. J.J. Redick, yeah, he went for 34. Yeah. I mean, he, he shot the I mean, of course, he's. we know he's a great three-point shooter, but I mean, right. he... He was getting some looks probably that he wouldn't usually get. I mean, being the fifth guy on the floor, like, you know, it's hard to think that you would think J.J. Redick would be the guy you forget about. Yeah. But, I mean, in this instance, it is, and it it did benefit him. Yeah, so I, you know, whenever time those trades happen, you see a team on paper, and you're like, man, they look really good on paper. And you're like, hopefully it looks, it transcribes to the court. Again, one game. Mm Mm-hmm. But I was very blown away with everything they were doing on that on the court that night. You know, they were playing a really good Denver Nuggets team. We mm-hmm. all know they're battling for second in the West right now. Um, <clears throat> and they were really able to kind of kind of take them out of their element. Yeah. Uh, obviously, Simmons, you know, being a huge point guard, that can help any team. Um, and then having Embiid, who's the best offensive big man in the game. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you add two great wings, that, like, like Butler and Harris – you know, there's so much that team can do now, and there's so many options um, that it's almost, you know, if they don't at least make the Eastern Conference Finals, it's almost a disappointment. Oh, yeah. If, if they don't make the Eastern Conference Finals, it's it's a bust. Yeah. It's a complete bust. Um, and then you have to start looking at the coach because he's, you know, Elton Brand did a great job of putting all those pieces together in order for you to win now. Um, and we were, were texting each other during that game, and I know that you were working a game, so you really – couldn't see, but the last five minutes of that game might have been some of the best defensive stops yeah. I've seen all year. I mean, because of their switchability. I mean, you've got Harris and you've got Butler, you've got Simmons. Those are what's that six nine, six ten, six eight? The guys all on the wing. You have Reddick, Butler six seven, and then if if something happens, you've got Embiid back there just cleaning everything up. And there were three or four big possessions in that game. Where, you know, you get a drive and you get a block at the rim by Embiid. Um, you get a tip by Jimmy Butler for a run out for a dunk. I mean, there were so many things they were able to do at the end of that game defensively with those five on the floor that it just made it hard for a good, offensively sound Denver Nugget team to be able to make any progress towards winning that game. I mean, it was it was pretty cool. And the funny part about that is, is that after the game, they interviewed J.J. Redick, and he's like, yeah, no practice. We haven't practiced together. Haven't had, we haven't, a, shoot haven't had a shoot around. Haven't had anything together, and we were able to do that. You know, I'm. He's ready to get. You know, he's like, man, I'm just ready to get to practice and be able to be together and yeah. gel. That team is going to be a problem. 
Yes, they are. And uh, we didn't even mention one of the underrated parts in the Markel Fultz trade was a guy, Jonathan Simmons, who mm-hmm. really paid dividends in that game as well. Absolutely. Um, so the Sixers team, obviously, first impressions, blown away. Um, excited to see what they do today against the Lakers. Obviously, by the time this show goes up, that game will have been played. And uh, the Lakers are going to be bringing their new guys in today, and Mike Muscala and Reggie Bullock. So that's another team on the other end where we're going to see something different as well. Um, but right now, I think, you know, Elton Brand's probably got to be executive of the year in the NBA. Oh, that's For the question. two during-season trades he made that are just huge for their team. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think right now, like, this is kind of up to Brett Brown to make this work. Yeah. Um, you know, he's got enough tools now in the tool shed to kind of build this masterpiece, and it's right there for him. And you know, it's not like Philadelphia's a bad basketball town either. No, like, he's going to have a fan base that's there. They obviously had know how to win with Villanova doing all the annoying, stupid things they do that are just frustrating. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Um, <laughs> I'm kidding. Villanova's great. Yeah. Jay Wright's amazing. He is. Um, but, you know, this is a bas- this is a basketball town. It's a basketball know? city. And, and I think it's just a sports city. It is. Like, it is. I know their fans city. are psychopaths, but. Yeah, it's a sports city. Um, they've had uh, past success. Uh, you still have those guys still around that Sixers organization, you know, that supported like you know your Dr. J's, your Moses Malone, which I was shocked that they had just retired his jersey. Um, but you have guys like that, and it's a winning city. I mean, the Eagles just won a Super Bowl last year, um, so they're there. That city is hungry for a win, and they are hungry uh, for success. And like you said, if Burt Brown doesn't get it done this year, at least to the Eastern Conference Finals. Um, it's definitely going to be seen as a bust because right now he's got no excuses. Uh, the the cool thing too, and I don't know if this is, has part something to do with it, but do you feel like when ex players that are still close to the game, like your Elton Brands, like do you feel like them being GMs helps because they kind of still have a pulse on the league and and where the league is shifting to. you think it helps having him there? I think it does. Um, on the Friday trade deadline episode, we did a recap episode, Chuck, Kyle and I did, I make the reference to, um, obviously different case because they haven't won yet in the NFL, but when John Lynch went to the Niners, mm-hmm. um, you know, he kind of realized, he's like, you really need a consistent quarterback. Mm-hmm. And the first thing he really did was he went and got Jimmy Garoppolo. He asked for Tom Brady. He did ask for Tom Brady. <laughs> you know? He did. Um, but... I think that does matter. I know. I mean, Lynch has definitely been out of the game longer than Brand has. Brand literally retired, I think, a year ago. Yeah, I was going to say he's like a year and a half removed, maybe. Um, but I think it does, especially for a guy like that who not only can tap into what's going on in the league, but he's a guy who knows a lot of the players he's getting. Mm-hmm. You know, when he became the GM, he, he knew JJ Redick from you know their times passing around the league. Right. Um, he knew who Jimmy Butler was. He reached. He said he reached out to old teammates. Yeah. To figure out what he was going to get in Jimmy Butler, and that's crazy to me yeah because normally it's like i reached out to old G- fellow gms right and, and see what they feel which but, they have zero pulse on an, an actual person right um so yeah man i think you know he did a an excellent job there um and the other thing we didn't mention from that denver game ben simmons shot a three he did shoot a three I, it was a heave it, it was a heave but hey he shot it Yes. He shot it. So take that, you cowards. <laughs> yes. But now he doesn't have to. You know, oh, no. we're, we're past that point now. Well, see, now we're on the opposite. Like, please don't shoot a three because <laughs> you've got enough guys to be able to do stuff. So, yeah. So now we're on the complete opposite. You just be a facilitator, um, a guy that can take a, a mismatch and score on the block. You be that. You be that, Ben Simmons. You be that guy. 
Yeah, absolutely. And you're also on Team LeBron. Yes. You were traded for from LeBron. <laughs> um, but his Twitter was awesome too. He was like, "Yes." He was like, "Yes, I'm on team." <laughs> he's like, "Where's Woj for that one?" Yeah, where's Woj? LeBron's like, "He's probably sleeping after the deadline." <laughs> yeah, that that was awesome. <laughs> so talking about Eastern Conference teams and now and kind of going in different directions. Boston Celtics. Yes. Yeah. Um, two I, straight I games. Yeah, I don't. I, yeah, two straight games of of blowing twenty plus point leads. Um, of course, one to the Lakers, and then last night versus the Clippers. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what's. I don't. I don't. I don't know. Booed what's out of the there. Garden. Yeah, like I don't know what's going on there. Where, I mean, well, take it back to the trade deadline. Of course, they were they didn't make any moves. Nope. Um, they they have everybody that they need, and they and they do. I mean, I like their team. I like I like the Jalen Browns, the Rogiers, the Irvings, Tatum's. You know, they've they've got they've got all the pieces there, um, but you just don't know what you're going to get from them from night to night. I mean, you you know, sometimes it feels like they're going to be no doubt Eastern Conference champions one night, and then. I mean, it's almost quarter to quarter. You know <laughs> what I mean? So quarter. it's like one one quarter they're like, oh, man, this team is, is dominant. And then you look up and they're blowing leads. They're yelling at each other on the sideline. They're, you know, they're doing all kinds of different things where you're just like, man, they just look totally dysfunctional. And I don't, I don't understand it. Yeah, I know. And it was, it was weird because, it like, you know, when I saw they're up 28 and I saw Kyrie went out of the game, I was like, oh, okay, you know. And Rozier was like making highlight plays. Yes, I was like, oh, was. okay, cool, man. Like, uh, maybe he's that guy that's better as a starter than a bench player. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And then um, you kind of just start seeing the Clippers kind of coming back more and more and more. And mm-hmm. you're like, mm, interesting. And then the fact that not only that they were down 28 and came back, the fact that they won by 11, 11 and they were yeah. down 28. So I don't know, man. Um, the Celtics team is just, it's a weird feel. It's not a ton of chemistry. Um, there's still a part of me that kind of thinks like, oh, you know, they'll still win the East. But now I'm kind of wondering like, will they? Right. You know, after losing the Sixers, after what the Bucks did, mm-hmm. and that's and that's the thing is that it's not the fact that they don't have the ability to win it, but it's definitely a lot harder. You yeah. know, when you're a Raptors team that that adds a, oh, yeah. the Marks Gasol, uh, the Bucks moves, the definitely the Sixers moves. I mean, that's you're talking about going through a murderous row of trying to get through the East now. I mean, that's that's going to be – there's going to be some knockdown dragouts in the East. And where the Celtics were the clear-cut roster favorite, if you look at their roster, yeah, um, they were the clear-cut roster favorite. They're not so much the roster favorite anymore. I mean, no, they're not. The other rosters. And we kind of, you know, we knew it would be a little bit for Gordon Hayward to get his feet back, but no pun intended on that by any means. Um, but we didn't think he'd be struggling at this point in this season still. Yeah. I, I, he, I mean, it might just take a little bit. I mean, you know, yeah. it might just take a year. He, and he's getting, I mean, last night, I think last night he went, I'm looking at, he was six eleven. you know, for 19 points. Um, he's getting there and it's going to take, I, I do think it's going to take a while. They were, and trust me, I, I am not a fan of Chris Webber on play by play. Trust me. No. Trust no. me. No. Trust me on this. But he didn't bring up a good point. You know, when Gordon Hayward goes up and dunks a basketball and lands, 
he's got a different thought in his mind than anybody else. If he goes up, like he landed awkwardly, like he got bumped and landed awkwardly, those those types of plays for anybody else, it's like, oh, it's just basketball. For him, like he's thinking about, oh, man, how am I, I – you know, he's got so many different thoughts going yeah. through his head. Derek Rose went through that for a bit. Right, you know what I mean? Like you just aren't the same player. You just are not the same player. You just too many things going on and you're just not the same. So hopefully he gets past that. It'll probably take a while, but hopefully he gets past that and he'll become the Gordon Hayward that we all know and love. Yeah, I think he will. Um, you know, the other thing too is like, what 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 can they do at this point to fix it? Jason Tatum, you know, for how good he is, and I definitely agree, he's a great basketball player. He can, but he has the potential to be a franchise player. Um, he hasn't taken this big step this year i mean he's, he hasn't regressed by any means no but it's like he's the same player he was last year mm-hmm. and that's not good no no you need you need him if you think he's this budding superstar mm-hmm. and nike's putting him in the in the adapt bb campaign and he's getting gatorade commercials now i mean you need him to kind of be what you want him to be yeah and he really hasn't made made the significant jump no that we all thought he would make um did he make he didn't make the all-star team he did not um which a lot of people kind of thought he would, and I, I don't know why. Yeah, I know, but like I am at the point now with him where I, th- I, I just thought he would be such a bigger difference for his team. Yeah, I, I really did. I, I think I thought there would be more growth, um, but part of that too, I, I think that when you have Kyrie Irving who's really kind of ball-dominant. Now, Kyrie's done a better job of being a facilitator this yes, year. We've has. talked about that with his you know, his playmaking ability. Um, I don't know if Tatum's a guy that has to be a ball-dominant guy in order to, to be better, but in order for the Celtics to get to where they want to be, he has got to make strides, leaps, and bounds in order for them to get to where they want to go. His box plus minus last year was a plus one. Mm-hmm. This year, it's zero. It's minus zero point three. Ooh. So that is a one point seven regression. Right. Um. Yeah. That's not good. That's not good at all. Um. But you know, part of it definitely is having Kyrie Irving back and having Gordon Hayward back, mm-hmm. even though he's getting the minutes Hayward was supposed to get. Correct. But you know, you're kind of the blend going into this year was like, why do we think the Celtics could win the title? Was mm-hmm. Well, they've got this young Jason Tatum. They've got this young Jalen Brown. These guys are experienced now. They play in these major games. They have Marcus Morris, who, honestly, Marcus Morris has been the second best part of the team for the most part this year. Yes, he And, has. you know, it's like it's like you expected just you expect more from them. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if it's the, the cloud over their head of Kyrie Irving kind of backing off of his commitment. I don't know if it's the cloud over the head of, well, we might be traded for Anthony Davis if that situation comes up in the summer. But there's a weird juju going on yeah. there. And, like, I'll say this. If we're always going to get mad at LeBron James for are you staying or going when, mm-hmm. it, when that time comes, we need to hold Kyrie Irving accountable, too. I 100% agree. Because everyone's kind of like, well, you know, he might say he might go. But if, like, LeBron is like, how dare he do it to a franchise right. that holds him hostage? <laughs> right. And it's like, what is Kyrie doing right now that's no yeah. different? Let alone, he did it for, like, the Cavaliers who yeah. are like, you know, this is the almighty Boston Celtics. Right. You know what I mean? Like, right. It's one of your storied franchises. I mean, yeah, it, you know, he he's definitely got them. He's definitely got them under wraps because you really don't know what he's going to do. Um, but I, I agree with you. I I think that any time, and I know they're professionals. Those guys are all professionals. Right. They're all professional athletes. They know it's a business. 
But when you're told that you're going to be a part of this franchise, and then all of a sudden you start hearing rumblings about, oh, well, Jason Tatum for Anthony Davis, or we can put a package together of Rozier and, and Tatum and Brown for Anthony Davis. Like, when you start hearing your name and talks like that, it's got to creep in your mind a little bit. Like, well, they're not as committed to me. Why should why do I feel like I need to be committed to them and to the team? Now, older guys, I think like your Horfords, your uh, Marcus Morris's, your Smarts, those guys are really guys that are like, oh, yeah, this is a business. This is what we do. But for younger guys, man, we've already talked about the bruised eagle, the bruised egos of younger players. They don't take it the same way. So right. maybe some of that's part of that where they feel like, oh, well, if we could be expendable, then why do we have to, you know. Yeah. That could be part of it. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, it very well could be, man. It's it's hard to know anymore. Yeah. Um. But the Celtics, you know, it's going to be a little interesting. I will say, you know, as a diehard Laker fan since 2018, um, <laughs> that 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 game was great. Yes. You oh, know, yeah, was... Even though the Celtics blew the lead and they were really disappointing at the end. Honestly, they weren't really disappointing at the end. The Lakers just outplayed them. Lakers outplayed them. Um, but it was an awesome game, man, it just was. going back and forth. You know, like Kyrie hits that layup, and they're up five. Mm-hmm. And then Kuzma comes down, and hits the three, and then you know who was it? It was Marcus Smart, Smart hits the three, and then LeBron, and LeBron hits the yeah. three. And it was like, you know, for Rondo to have that moment yeah. in the Garden, not this, not as a, like you know, just just the Garden in general, it's pretty neat. He's never hit a buzzer before. I think the status he was he was o of thirteen on game winning shots before that. And for sh- the sheer luck of the ball to bounce in his hand, he just throws it up. Was great. Um, I will criticize Luke Walton on this. Why in that situation does LeBron not have the ball? But you know, yeah, I, yeah. Neither here nor there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, cool for Rondo to have that moment. Cool for the Lakers as this, you know he's had this up and down team. And I love how like Palinka comes out and he's like, no one wants to play us in the seven game series. I'm like, the shit they don't, Rob. <laughs> the shit they don't. Come on, don't bro. Don't be so confident, Rob. <laughs> you guys won one game against the Celtics. We gave 129 points. Right. Don't be so confident, Rob. You yeah. Be right. And, like, I know you're trying to save face after you basically put your whole team up for sale. Yeah. But. Like, how awkward is that? It's going to be weird. So, Magic apparently is in Philly today to talk to them all and hug it out. Oh, no. There ain't no hugging it out no. with me, bro. I'm sorry. No. Like, like you almost traded away our whole entire roster. Yeah. For Like, our bench would have been, like, eight deep. And then we would have had to bring up some guys from the G League. And like, it would have been. There have been a lot of buyout signings. Yeah, there would have been a lot of buyout signings. No doubt about it. <laughs> And now y'all are saying, like, you know what? This team can make it all the way. Like, no, Magic. We don't believe that anymore, player. I'm sorry. Like, we, no. you know, we, we're going to have to make some moves. But. Do we know if he's actually good at his job? Because I feel like people are like, well, he got LeBron James. And it's like, LeBron was coming regardless. Right. I don't, yeah. I think that, I think that you have to, I don't know if you can really say he's really good. Because, Le, like you said, LeBron's coming. And you know LeBron's going to get... Like, if LeBron calls Ronda, Ronda's like, sure, yeah, I'll come out there and play. If he calls, yeah. like, of course, Lance Stevenson, he was dying. And, you know, he was dying to be a Laker with, with LeBron. <laughs> so, you know, I, I don't know how good of a GM he is, but LeBron's a darn good GM. So, I mean, he's he's going to pull some people. So Yeah. Um, he does kind of give his guys bad contracts, though. Yeah. Cleveland's kind of dealing with that right now. Yeah, he does. Well, J.R. Smith drops off the books this year. Yeah. Why wasn't he moved? I don't know. Like I, I don't I didn't get that. I get I, I get he probably wasn't in high demand. But still. But like you know the Houston Rockets couldn't use J.R. Smith off their bench. Right. Like, uh, yeah, there's got to be somebody out there that says I need a guy who's as uh, 
like an insta score. He can give me 10, 12 points off the bench shooting threes. Yeah, I'm with you. And he throws one heck of an after party. <laughs> yeah, that he does. <laughs> Henny all day. He probably has Henny on tap. He, oh, I'm sure he has Henny on tap. Yeah. No um. So, Ben, to quote the great Drizzy, Jumpman, 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 them boys up to something. No doubt. Talking about the boys in Sacktown. Yes. The Kings. Your Kings. My Kings. Shout out Richard Ivanovsky. My Kings, baby. We, we rolling with it. Yeah, so they are they're building something really fun right now. And, you know, we talked about, obviously, the other night when they got Harrison Barnes. Mm-hmm. I know the Sixers trade was the best trade of the day for a team. That was my favorite move was them getting Harrison Barnes. Yeah. Albeit probably not being traded in the middle of a game, you know. Yeah, but... uh, yeah that, that, uh, that's another, uh, we'll talk about that. Because like, I'm not a, anyway, go ahead. Yeah. yeah. Um. So... The Kings are really starting to build like this mm-hmm. really, really dangerous team. Um, let's just go down the line here real quick. De'Aaron Fox, Buddy Heald, Harrison Barnes, um, Marvin Bagley. Be- was it Belitza? Yeah, I can never say his uh, name right. It's Belitza. Uh, Bogdanovich. Mm-hmm. Harry Giles. No matter if you get 15 minutes out of him or 30 minutes out of him. Willie Cauley-Stein, which is here or there. Right. I mean, that team eight deep is so much potential. Absolutely. So much talent. And a ton of skill. Um, and Darren Fox kind of becoming the leader of that team. Mm-hmm. Setting the tone on both sides of the ball. Um, is super awesome. It's super fun. So, and now you have, like, the way I put it with Harrison Barnes, is you have that guy who's battle-tested. Um, he played in a ton of big games, obviously, in North Carolina. Um, he's been in the NBA championship twice. He's won an NBA championship. Um, and now he's kind of coming to this team as well. Mm-hmm. You know, this Kings team, we're, we're at the point now where the eight seeds between two teams, mm, yep. between the Kings and the Lakers. And would it be great for a Kings team with that confidence to knock out a LeBron oh. Lakers playoff team? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that that would be something where, I mean, that would set their franchise up for years to come. Um, if you're able to knock off a LeBron-led Lakers, um, that would winning any playoff series would, would set that franchise up for years to come. Um, I just, I love the fact that they're young and they're athletic and they've got guys like, like we talked about before, when you get guys from six, six, six to six, nine that are switchable and athletic. I mean, and that's, that's what they're doing. I mean, they're, they're going by the blueprint. I mean, and yeah. it's fun to see, it's fun to see young teams start to come up and, and, and take charge of, of wanting to control their own destiny. That's always fun to watch, especially in the NBA. It is. And I think, you know, they just, they're now too. We talked about the Sixers with that switchability um, because of size and everything. They have that now too. Absolutely. Um, They have multiple ways they can beat you. Obviously, Buddy Heald has become just a sniper. Yes. Um, And then you bring in Barnes. So, you know, we talk all the time about, I think to really win in the NBA, you probably need to be eight or nine deep in the regular season. They're eight or nine deep now. Yeah. I mean, they really are. No doubt. Um, and they have money, so they can go and get another guy in, in this offseason. Um, Danny Ainge is probably like, come, come, seriously? Right. <laughs> There's nothing going right for Danny Ainge right now. No, it's not. It's not. And you've got the biggest grin on your face because I know that mm-hmm. you lack Celtic pride. Oh, God. <laughs> yes. Jazz, jazz, jazz. <laughs> That's a movie reference for anyone who doesn't understand. It's not a good movie. But it's a movie. Um, 
Yeah, it's it's awesome, man. Um, they're gonna they're gonna really kind of become a force for years to come, at least. You know, Buddy Heald's on his rookie contract. Aaron Fox is on his rookie contract. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Bagley's a rookie this year. Harry Giles is on his rookie contract. Really, the only big money right now is Harrison Barnes. Is Barnes, yeah. And that's something that I'm sure Vladi and crew is okay paying because they gives them a little bit more. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's money. you that's that's money well spent. You know what I mean? To get a guy like Harrison Barnes. Um, and like you said, all those guys still on their rookie contract. Um, I believe Bogdanovich is still on his rookie contract mm-hmm. too. So, I mean, you've got all these guys with, with little bit on your books and you bring in a, a good veteran player, uh, three position Barnes. I mean, this, oh, and they is, got Alec Burks. I forgot about yeah, that. They got Burks too. And the one that actually has been playing more is Corey Brew, who's another six, nine guy who's on the wing and only I paying mean, him 85,000, 85,000. I mean, so I mean, what better is that? Yeah. So I mean, they're they're making all the right moves, um, and they're putting themselves in a position to 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 be in a great spot. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see them win a playoff series this year. That would be awesome. Yeah, and the other nice thing too is they're going to have some money dropping off uh, for like Costa Kufis. He's a free mm-hmm. agent, so I would say there's a very slim chance he's back. Um, and then you know they did get Caleb Swanigan, who is you know here nor there. Mm-hmm. Um, but Overall, I'm excited for this team. Alec Burks with his eleven and a half million. Um, he I think he drops off this he does drop yeah, off this year. Yeah. So that's nineteen million they're gonna have right. on the boards to kind of go do something else. And yeah. there's a ton of young free agents that could really fit what this Kings team's doing Absolutely. this offseason. Absolutely. They've got they're gonna have money to spend, um, and they're gonna be able to bring somebody else in that fits that that mold of the switchability and and be a guy that uh, it's going to help them progress and, and be better. So the Kings will be exciting, man. I, I'm excited for their end of the year, and I'm really excited for their offseason because I do think they're going to be able to make some moves. It's nice that they don't have a reason to lose now. It's nice that they can go and kind of fight. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they don't have that pick, so there's right. there's no reason to tank. Right. And now they're kind of set up. And you got to think, man, they really won when – the Bulls matched that Zach Levine offered this offseason. Because not that Zach Levine hasn't had a good year, not that he wouldn't have fit what the Kings are doing, but that's $23 million say, that yeah, they don't 20, have to pay now? Yeah, it's a lot of money on the books. Yeah, and that's $23 million that they're not like, well, we're screwed. So, and truth be told, you, you got what you you got out of Levine. You got that out of Buddy Heald. Yeah. So, I mean, right. you're paying less money, potentially not for, I mean, Heald isn't as athletic, but, I mean, he's scoring at the same pace. Um and his three, you know, he's actually a better three-point shooter. Yes, he um, is. So, so I mean, you're <laughs> he's actually a, he's getting three-point shooter than most players. I mean, would NBA. you say that? Would you say that he is a better player than Levine? Not necessarily. Yeah. Um, I think they're kind of two guys that, you know, Levine can score in a lot of different ways. Right. He's pretty unique in that sense. But that's about it with him. Right. Where right. Buddy can, you know, Buddy's just a, you know, like I said, he's a sniper. He's a sniper. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And I know like a lot of NBA teams are kind of catching on. Like Kevin Durant did a pod with Bill Simmons um, earlier this season, and he said like, "Yeah, he's like that Kings team's awesome." Yeah. And I think the X factor is Harry Giles. Yeah. What if he gets to the point where he's 100 percent comfortable and healthy in the NBA? Yeah, he's gonna be a monster. Oh my god. He's gonna be a monster. You can see it's if- just a, it's just about giving him the time to play. Yeah. Um, but he's going to be a stud, no doubt about it. You could see a future where their starting five is Fox, Heald, Barnes, Giles, Bagley. Yeah, no doubt. And that is 
Four ACC kids and De'Aaron Fox. Yeah. Right? <laughs> and it's scary, I mean, because all those guys. All those it's Duke guys versus can... Carolina right. and De'Aaron Fox. <laughs> and De'Aaron Actually, Fox. Buddy Hill went to Oklahoma, but, man, I lost a lot of money on Buddy Hill in the, in the NCAA tournament, man. <laughs> so I was in a bracket pool. It was like a big one of those ones you could put like two in. Everyone puts $25 in. Mm-hmm. And there was like 45 entrants or so. You paid per bracket. Mm-hmm. So I was in. T- I was. I was in. I was tied for first. This was the year Nova hit the buzzer against Carolina. Oh yeah, yeah. And um, we both had, the, both of us had Carolina winning it, and I had Oklahoma winning, and the person who won had Villanova winning. Oh, so whoever won that game won the whole damn right. thing. And of course, Villanova won by like forty. I was like, Buddy Heal in the Final Four. I was like, Come on, it's a wrap. <laughs> it's a wrap. <laughs> it was not a wrap. <laughs> no, it was not. It was a wrap for Villanova. It definitely was a wrap for Villanova. Yeah, the, so the Xavier fan in me was like already like tired of Villanova, and then that happened. I was like, I just never want to see this program ever again. <laughs> Thank you, Marcus Howard, for yesterday. Oh, there you go. You're the man. Tears to you. <laughs> I'm sure you got like 45 foul calls you shouldn't have gotten. I didn't watch the game, but... <laughs> Honestly, if it weren't for Zion Williamson, he'd be player of the year. Yeah, I agree. Oh, my God. That Zion Williamson block yesterday. Dude, oh, my God. Like, it, is it, I don't even want to say it, but is, is he going to be the best athlete to ever play in the NBA? Close. I mean, you got to I mean, I know LeBron. I mean, we always talk about LeBron right. and how freakish he But, but it's I mean, got to, they're one and two. They're one and two. I mean, that guy does things that are just not human. I know. They're not human. In like, I mean, that was a jump shot, Tim. Like a high-arcing jump shot. On a lottery pick and DeAndre Hunter. On a lottery pick, and he went and got it and swatted it. He had to be 12 feet in the air. Dude. No doubt about it. <laughs> had to be 12 feet in the air. The slow-mo of it is even more beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the, the things that he can do, it, I mean, it, the things that he can do on the court and the things he can do athletically are just mind-blowing. Yes, they are absolutely mind blowing. Um, you know, like you had, like you have to see that if you're the Cavaliers or you're, you know, if you're the Bulls or if you're like, you got to be like, well, we've got to get that guy. Yeah, like it's got to be our guy. We've got to do everything possible to make yeah, that happen. Absolutely. Yeah, it's uh, the Zion sweepstakes is going to be interesting. It will be. Yes, it will be because you know you're going to see a lot of. Uh, dirty dealing. You're gonna see a lot of. <laughs> you're gonna see a lot of a lot of people making moves, moving money, moving you know, moving bodies. I mean, they're to get Zion. You know, and not to say that there's not other good college players. I mean, I like the Jay Morant kid. I mean, I like oh, him God. too because he's a freak athlete too. He's Russell. He's Russell Westbrook 2.0. I, I, that guy is a freak athlete too, and I think he would help any franchise as well. But if you pull, if That's you meant, get a he Zion, played in uh, he played in your conference. Yes, he did. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, but if you get a guy like Zion, I mean, you're pretty much setting your franchise up for success if you can put some good pieces around him. So. 100% agree, man. So. 100% agree. <laughs> All right, so let's talk a little bit about, um, before we get out of here, so All-Star Weekend's coming up. Yes. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun. Oh, it'll be a blast. Um, So, you know, I didn't get to watch the All-Star Draft live. went back and watched it. Mm-hmm. Loved it. Thought it was great. I'm really happy they decided to put it on TV. Um, it was neat to have LeBron, Giannis, and you know having Barkley and all those guys there to kind of talk it through was pretty fun. Yeah. Um, you know, 
the picks were great. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Like, I, uh, you know, obviously LeBron made some business decisions. Oh. And by some, he was making nothing but business decisions. He made all business decisions. He made all business decisions. It was either guys that he would, like, have a chance to be a Laker or guys that are in his, or in his agency. Oh, yeah. You know, like. Yeah, it was all business decisions for LeBron. I mean, he, it's, <laughs> it's so funny because it's like, you want to, you want to call it tampering and you want to call, but like, all he has to say is, you know, I'm just picking guys for an All Star game. Like, yep. What do you? What he's do you mastered. Mean? He's mastered he's, to get around. Yeah, he's mastered it. He's mastered it. So, but I know we talked about, you know, um, off air. We talked about how cool it was for the, to see those guys as just guys. You know, what mm-hmm. I mean? they're fans of the NBA. They're fans of the guys they're picking, um, and to have like Barkley and those guys there and. Barkley's banter because you know Barkley just doesn't care, right? So he just says what he feels. Um, you know when he's talking about why don't you trade your whole bench for Anthony Davis <laughs> and all like that kind of stuff. There, you really felt like when you're watching, like you're just sitting at a bar with your guys, and those the two two of the five best players in the world are picking teams. You know what I mean? Which is pretty neat. Yeah, it is. It was a lot of fun. Um, I, I I was I was really happy with it, but like. You know, LeBron was making business decisions, and Giannis was just kind of the guy that, like, you know, we play in fantasy sports, sports leagues together. Mm-hmm. There's the guy there that's like, I just want to have fun and pick want... guys I like. <laughs> He's like, you know, like, oh man, Steph Curry, okay, cool. Um, yeah. You know, like, yeah. oh Joel Embiid, like, yeah. He's like, Chris Middleton plays for my favorite team, so I gotta have him. Right, right, yeah. He he definitely was just doing it for the fun of it, mm-hmm. um, because he was. That's got to be cool though, man. What's he? What's Giannis? Twenty two. He's pretty young. Like, I don't think he's young, that young. Like twenty four, maybe. But like to see that personality in him, um, to see you know him, you know, garner the respect from other people in the league, um, especially like LeBron and and those guys. Um, to see that he's twenty four, twenty four. So to see that in a young player and a young guy like Giannis, who's you know you're pretty much passing the reins of the league to guys like that, like him and Embiid and Simmons and. You know, as LeBron and Wade, and those guys are, you know, moving their way towards the end. To see a guy like Giannis, you know, kind of have fun and banter with those guys is a lot of fun. Yeah, and then when they showed uh, the last round when they were taking, like, the special edition guys. Mm-hmm. Special additions, not additions. Yeah. Um, and they're like, Le- they're like, LeBron, you have the first pick. We know where you're going. He's like, yeah, I'm going to go with Durr. I'm just kidding. I'm going with the, my, my buddy Dwayne Wade. <laughs> and uh, Bleacher Report put a thing on saying LeBron's got jokes. And Dirk quote tweeted it and said, "You want to hear a funny joke? You and Wade in the 2011 finals." Oh yeah, I saw that. <laughs> nice. I was like, "Good call, Dirk." Good Wonderful. Call. <laughs> Wonderful. You gotta love that man. You gotta love that that Dirk was like that. I, um, it'll it's it's fun. I'm glad they actually added those guys. I I like the fact that they added those guys because they deserve it, man. They've you know a guy like Dirk who's been loyal to his franchise for so long. Mm-hmm. Um. And he's given his heart and soul. He brought them a championship, and um, he's been good for the league. I mean, you know, when guys were starting to make their way, you know, from Europe and coming to play, and like he's he's one of those original guys that came over and was playing, and and uh, it's cool to see him have his swan song and um, and be able to play in this last All Star game. It'll be a lot of fun. Yeah, it will be. Um, I'm looking forward to it. I think right now I haven't seen what the spread is, but I imagine Team LeBron's favored it by quite a bit. Um, I haven't seen the spread, but I would figure they are. Yeah, um, 
And then All-Star Weekend festivities are coming up here, so I'm pumped for that. You know, my wife actually considered getting me tickets to that. And then she probably saw the price. She's like, what do you want to do? I was like, well, I just want to go to Saturday night. I really don't don't have to watch the All-Star game. I want to see, like, the dunk contest and all that. She's like, okay. She goes, she was, let's get on StubHub and see if maybe we can, you know, I I got on maybe, like, Vivid Seed or StubHub or something like that. And to sit in like the upper 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 deck was the lowest ticket was like six fifty and I she was like well um we're gonna have to reconsider this because <laughs> I was like I was like yeah I'm not I'm not dropping six fifty to watch that stuff I said maybe one day I said when maybe Isaac gets older my son and yeah maybe we'll go but I was like I'm not gonna do that well twenty I was gonna say twenty twenty one they're in Indianapolis we gotta go oh we're gonna do something up there I'm yeah. sure there's like some fan fest or something at the yeah. minimum. Yeah, we'll have to do. It'll be like when the uh, the Reds had the All Star Game here. Oh God, that was so cool. Yeah, they they had um. Well, we have a here in Cincinnati. We have a thing called the Duke Energy Convention Center, and they had all kinds of All Star festivities. And it wasn't super expensive. You can go do some All Star stuff there, which was really neat. So, hopefully, the Pacers um, in Indianapolis will do something like that, where you can you know spend forty fifty bucks, get in, and be able to do some All Star stuff. So, I think that would be cool. Yeah, absolutely. Um. All right, man. I think we've kind of touched on everything for this edition of the Shot Callers. Yeah, absolutely. I'm happy to fill in um, for Kyle while he is out traveling for work purposes. Yes, he is. Yeah. Well, I want to give you guys a shout out. Um, Tim and Kyle, you guys did an amazing job covering the trade deadline stuff. Thank you. It was awesome. Um, all the, you know, <laughs> Kyle, you know, he's he's so meticulous on his stats and all that stuff. He did a great job writing that article. Yeah, he did. The the, dra- or the uh, trade deadline grades and all that. And you guys did an awesome pod with some amazing people and guests. Shout out to, to the people that you had on. They they did awesome. It was just, we had wall-to-wall coverage on it. Um, and I, I was really proud and impressed to be a part of the 48-minute crew. So it was really cool. Yeah, absolutely, man. It was a lot of fun. Um, we had a lot of great, great content last week. And, um, you know, if you're not doing anything tomorrow, if you want to come hang out with Sean and I when we break down um, our predictions for all the All-Star contests, oh, you should come on over. Oh, I may have to do that. That'll be fun. Yeah. But we're going to wrap up this week's edition of Shot Callers, brought to you by the 40 Minutes Network. I said thank you for to GLK for letting me fill in this week for him. Um, next week, actually, Kyle and I are both going to be traveling, so... Uh, we're going to figure something out, do some All-Star Weekend recap stuff for you. Um, but overall, everyone, have a good good week. Um, check out 48 Minutes this week, uh, which will be up on probably Tuesday or Wednesday, depending the day I really feel like uploading it. <laughs> um, or if news breaks. I mean, Yeah, news breaks. Because you've had to break early a couple times because we've had some big stories on Mondays. Yeah. And then at large bid on Friday, kind of getting you ready. We had the release of the first 16 yesterday. Ooh, yeah. So um, yeah. going to be talking about that, obviously. And then the Duke Virginia game, and hopefully we'll have a guest. Uh, working, still working that out right now. But everyone, take it easy. Have a good one. See you guys.